Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings, from premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts. Start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. I wanted to um, apologize that you have to share a microphone, but I don't think it'll be a problem since you've shared other (laughs) objects that look like that before. (laughs) There are so many relationships and the majority of them being monogamous, like in our culture and society where you hear communication is the most important thing. But if you don't have a point to be communicating on, Mm -hmm. then a lot of times you can drift apart and you lose the connection. Keeping a relationship fresh, you want variety and also consistency. Mm-hmm. Consistency is rooted in love, and then variety is rooted in building eroticism and yep. like the mystery. The only thing that I think has been a negative reaction was a lot of people stressing over, like, well, if you let the leash go, what if you drop it? Meaning Pasha's gonna go stray. And I'm like, well, this kind of relationship actually allows there to be for a lot of play and security and novelty and comfort. Okay, (laughs) welcome back to Open Late. Um, We have been gabbing and laughing for at least 20 minutes. And so we're like, we really need to start this episode. I am so excited to have these two women here who are friends at this chapter in my life, which I'm so grateful for, Daniela Tudor and Julie Como, who were newer friends, but I feel like we are on the same pages and the same chapters in our lives, which is really fun uh, knowing that both of you have experience being in open or, you know, polyamorous or curious and just have that open awareness of what you want out of your relationship and designing your own relationship, which I can't wait to dive into all the things that we're going to talk about. But so thank you for being here before we go anywhere. And thank you. Thank you so much for having us. I wanted to um, apologize that you have to share a microphone, but I don't think it'll be a problem since you've shared other (laughs) objects that look like that before. I had to do it. I had to do it. Yes, amazing. (laughs) All right. Well, that was my one joke. I'm all out. We're done now. (laughs) Actually, that was the entire episode. We're good. (laughs) All right. Let's wrap. Um, No, but I'm, I am really excited because I think this is a topic that you can both add so much perspective to. It's how men and women are viewed differently in society sexually and all that comes with that growing up, you know, as a woman who is bisexual, I think we would all identify somewhere in that realm um, and having these experiences and opening up and society finding out out that you want to live this alternative relationship lifestyle and all that comes with it. So I'm going to hand over the reins and let you start just popping some questions and we'll go from there. Well, I was thinking about asking something that kind of combines both topics. So uh, the concept of how men and women are viewed differently, as well as it relates to open relationships. So I was curious, um, when you share that you're in an open relationship, how do you feel that's differently perceived than when a man shares that? Yeah, I think it's definitely a lot more 
shocking. Well, maybe not shocking, but people aren't expecting, you know, a young woman in a monogamous marriage with like a cisgender man to be like, yeah, we're open. Um, and to be so open about it, which I wasn't. And you guys know this and everyone listening, you know, I've shared before I was private for a long time, likely because I knew what, or at least I was assuming the type of reactions and judgments that I would be met with. Whereas, you know, I, I knew that Pasha wouldn't have that, especially in the circles that he's in. And, you know, not to say that that's a negative thing, but it's expected of men or society says that men have a harder time being monogamous, you know, and things like that. So there is a lot more, I think, sort of shame as well for women to go through and grow through and we can go down that rabbit hole too. But for sure, it's not as easy for a woman to come out and be sexually empowered as it is for a man in our society. At least that's been my experience. Have you met a lot of, have you actually encountered people who were very judgmental and uh, had conflicts maybe? You know, that's a great question. I haven't had so many until I started doing the open late on Instagram series Ooh. a couple, you know, months ago, back in the summer <laughs> where people would write in, you're going to be a terrible mother and things like, what? yeah, on a, on a live that I did. And I was like, oh, there's a lot coming from that. I've been really lucky in that I have an amazing community. And so maybe in my little bubble, I haven't been met with a ton of judgment, which has been really nice because I think I assumed there would be a lot, um, in my own group the only thing that I think has been a negative sort of reaction was a lot of people stressing over um, when you like somebody said like, well, if you, you know, let the leash go or something like what if you drop it? Like, you know, meaning Pasha's going to go stray. And I'm like, well, this kind of relationship actually allows there to be for a lot of play and security and novelty and comfort. But that was really the only I think judgment was like, this isn't smart for a woman to do because you can lose your man, which of course I feel like is such a limited perspective. Um, and then, you know what you made me think of there, there was a few times where when men who found out that we were in an open relationship, um, like on the spot, then changed how they were with me. And this wasn't anyone that I was close to or any of my guy friends, but peripheral friends or acquaintances, it happened on two different occasions where it was met with a lot of unwanted attention, mm. where actually I had to tell Pasha to like tell this guy to back off. And he was just a friend of a friend, only met him once at a party, but he found out we were open. And he just thought that that meant like that I was available to that you're him. just like interested in everyone or something. Yeah. And I was like, no, it was like very uncomfortable, actually. I find the opposite. I think because I have this freedom to be in the context of an open relationship that I'm almost even more um, picky with wh where I spend my time. Yes. Because I have the choice. But I also do find, I think actually men in some ways might have a harder time meeting women in the context of open versus us, especially being bisexual, mm -hmm. I feel like for just like a date, something casual, I think it's easier being a woman in an open relationship. Totally. Yeah. This is something that Pasha and I partner together. Mm -hmm. This is, this is something Pasha and I have talked about a lot because we've been, you know, in this relationship for a long time. And he certainly has a much harder time, especially 
you know, being like ethically non-monogamous where you're upfront with everybody. Yeah. Right at the go. Yeah. Yeah. So it's like, you know, if he's going to go on a date with somebody, they're going to know that he's married and it does end up And a lot of times when women find out, they don't want to pursue something with him. And you know what? It's not a lot of times, but a few times that it has happened. I know it's kind of a bummer for him, but you have to respect that they're obviously looking for something different, not just something casual. They want like a committed primary partner. Likely the few women who didn't want to move forward didn't even want, you know, this type of a lot of people see it as drama, Mm. you know, which we know that it's not, it's like any relationship comes with challenges and work, but, um, it's a really good point that you make because that we do have a superpower and it's called a vagina. (laughs) (laughs) Let's let's rewind a little bit because you talked about someone being judgmental, um, and basically saying something like, Oh, if you let your man do this, then he's going to quote unquote stray. Can you Mm -hmm. actually share any experience on Do you feel like there is less more communication, less more romance within the context of open versus your experience in a monogamous relationship? Yes. Um, So more and more for sure. It's that's such an easy answer through our relationship. I feel like, you know, and we weren't just like, great, we're married and we're open. It was a gradual process, right? That I've been unpacking weekly on this show and it has lended itself to over communication at times, which is really beautiful, but it's kept us in this constant state of like sharing our needs, sharing our desires, letting each other know when emotionally our needs aren't being met, because that is one of our agreements is we don't ever play with anyone else unless we are a hundred percent in our relationship. And so we constantly have a check-in, you know, and it's really great. I feel like there are so many relationships and the majority of them being monogamous, like in our culture and society where you hear communication is the most important thing, but it's like, if you don't have a point to be communicating on, mm-hmm. then, you know, a lot of times you can drift apart and yeah. you lose the connection. Now, don't get me wrong. That doesn't mean that that hasn't happened, happened with Pasha and I, because it certainly has. We're like any other married couple where we have to work on it and come back. But it's had us be so authentic in our communication and also very articulate because, you know, different things mean different Mm -hmm. things to each of us. Like he can say, I'm not feeling it. And I'm like, well, wait, what does that mean? Like, Mm -hmm. let's qualify that. Um, And then with romance as well, it's been really beautiful. I mean, seven years into being married, we're having like the hottest nights of our life. Like just last night, actually, we had, because we've actually been, we have been a bit like veering off because he's super into his work. I'm super into my work. We both travel a lot separately. So to really bring things back, um, (laughs) let me share this. This is a little tangent, but, um, so this whole week I decided without him knowing that we weren't going to have sex but that we were going to have like a lot of play. So I have been like bringing him into the bedroom at night and like wearing lingerie and like doing all the things, but there has been no 
penetration. And he didn't know. So like the first night he's like, is this a glitch in the matrix? Okay. I'm here for it. Fine. It like built a lot of heat and energy and fire, obviously. And then that was three nights ago. And then last night I did the same thing. And I was just sort of like, oh no, um, I won't be taking my panties off tonight either. And he's like, what? Like record scratch again. And I was like, yeah, I'm not sure when I want to again. And the whole point of that story is I feel like when you can have newness with other people in this like ethical, beautiful, agreed upon way, um, it's fun to create newness with your partner partner, again. And it makes you want to try with them. So the romance factor for us really does shoot up because we keep ourselves in like a really great healthy place because we are dating other people. So it makes you remember like, oh, well, if I'm going to try for someone else that's new, like I'm also going to be trying for my partner all the time. And it's just, yeah, it's really great. It's really great. (laughs) Do you find that that's been your experience as well? Like in your relationships that you keep, Mm -hmm. yeah, that the romance stays elevated? Um, So I've never been in an mm-hmm. open relationship. I've been, um, I mean, I have, you have, not, but not, um, I was the third, I was the unicorn. Mm-hmm. You, yeah. You are a unicorn. You are Very a special. unicorn. Yeah. So you weren't I'm like in the primary relationship, but yeah. you were the, you know, visitor, the yes. unicorn. Yeah. The so were special. they romanticizing, romancing you a lot? Yeah, mm. <laughs> exactly. <Sounds fun>. Yeah. <laughs> well, my experience absolutely has been that, like, because yeah, the communication factor is much more intentional in, in compared to when I was in monogamous relationships, because you're constantly communicating about your schedule and mm-hmm. if you're seeing other people, and then you're checking in about what's going on, and in that checking in, there's a lot of healthy reaffirming um, around how you feel about the person Mm. and, and also, uh, being very specific, like you said, with our words and what we're feeling in that moment. And if something doesn't feel good and there's a growth opportunity, like, um, creating space for each other and like really holding each other through those moments. And that creates intimacy as well. Um, and then in terms of the romance department, we, I think we're both finding that we learn what we really appreciate about the other through other experiences, because we are constantly choosing each other as our first. Yes. When we go on dates with other people, which are fun, you know, um, or exploring with other people, then coming back and saying like, that was really fun, but I'm like, so grateful that, you know, we're in this relationship is one way. And then thinking about new experiences, like when you experience things with other people, at least for me, it gives me ideas of how I'd like to surprise him and like mm-hmm. things I want to buy or how I want to show up differently to like make things exciting because I know he's having these other experiences. It creates like, I think really healthy, like not competition. I don't want to say that, but like it creates this healthy excitement. Absolutely. Yeah. yeah. It's inspiration mm-hmm. for like, oh yeah, I can do that. And we can do that together. Yes. Like just That's what I was going to, I was thinking about that too. And you're sharing like, how many times have I experienced something new with someone else? And been like, oh, I want to like take that back to Pasha, you know? Mm -hmm. And it doesn't, it doesn't, I think people can hear that and think like negatively about that. Like, look at the shadow of that. Like, oh, you had to find it from someone else. And it's like, we're going to be in this relationship for another 
70 years, <laughs> like honestly. So of course we're going to need outside inspiration the same yeah. way that you need outside support from community with a lot of things when you're married, you know, yeah. even if you are in a monogamous relationship. So it's true. I mean, yeah. it all goes back to what I feel is best for, for humans, which is connection, which is being in a community, being in a tribe. And like, even just going back to hearing you say that person that said something about you being a mom, well, actually like kids were used to growing up in tribes where they didn't even know who their biological father was. And they had tons of different moms and there was like a shaman and there was like the tribe leader and they got all this like amazing knowledge and connection and data sources to like develop as a fully functioning human. And we don't have that today. Mm -hmm. So I feel like almost being in an open relationship is actually like combating some of the issues we see in society today, anxiety, depression, like lack of connection, isolation. Yes. Oh my God. I'm so glad that you're speaking on all of this because I, when we do have kids, I want to raise my kids in community. Yes. Like, and people do ask me, you know, what are you going to do when you have kids? Are you going to still be open or poly? And a hundred percent. Yes. You know, things might shift. It's obviously not going to be our primary focus, like dating other people. Our primary focus is going to be our children, but I would hope that anyone who's in our lives, which we do tend to also seek out very healthy, like external relationships mm -hmm. will be in our kids' lives. Mm -hmm. And like, luckily we are moving into a society that is a lot more accepting. Cause my only qualm, I guess with that is like, cause people are like, Oh, what if your kids get bullied in school? And I'm like, well, I live in Los Angeles on the West side. So likely they have like all their friends have two mommies and three daddies <laughs> or, you know, something else. So it's like, not that, you know, bad. and I know that we live in a little bit of a bubble, but I'm grateful. Mm -hmm. I'm grateful for that. And that people are more open-minded, you know, about this. I'm curious, would, you, would either of you close your relationship when having kids or are you curious too to like continue entering into relationships that are open? Are you seeking that for yourself? If they if if the couple had children, mm -hmm. oh yeah, I would I would still be very interested. Yeah, in in um, filling my <laughs> purpose. <laughs> I love that. Yeah. So my partner, he has um, kids, mm -hmm. and I just recently met them. Actually, so it's been really amazing. Congrats! Um, thank you. But I've I've come to an inner knowing that I don't actually want uh, biological kids. Mm -hmm. But if I was to, and when I was considering that, um, I absolutely would still be practicing the same things. I think it would have been a decision between me and my partner you know, how do we want to communicate about it? When is the right time? Just like you would about the, a lot of different topics. I guess I just wouldn't differentiate this from talking to them about other things like talking about general sex or drugs or whatever it is, right? Mm -hmm. that, that is, that are things that people find very nuanced. I wouldn't differentiate this from other topics really. Yeah. So, yeah. and I think it would be much healthier for the kids to have multiple amazing people around. Absolutely. I think, I think that will make, give them different perspectives, get them accustomed to communicating well with people and prepare them for like actual real life, mm -hmm. you know? Yeah. I think it's, it's very unhealthy to think that a, a child should get their needs met by two adults. Um, just like it is unhealthy to think that an adult should get their needs met by just one partner. Right. Mm. Yeah. Goes back to that. Your partner that. is not your superhero. Yes. That, yeah. <laughs> that talk that I gave. Um, 
you know, you saying the whole thing about village and like the saying, it takes a village. It comes from the literal expression that it did. Um, it reminds me of a lot of the work. Um, have you guys read Untrue by Dr. Wednesday Martin? No. Oh, so she's like amazing. So it's basically the whole, the whole book is everything that we've been taught about female sexuality and desire is untrue. Mm -hmm. Um, and it's written by Dr. Wednesday Martin, who is, um, a researcher and a speaker on sex. I think she might be a therapist too. I'm not sure. Sorry, Wednesday. Um, (laughs) but she's incredible. She also hosts a podcast and her book goes back through history and sort of looks at how we got here Mm. as women in society and how society views us, you know, versus men. And I think that, you know, everything that, that we're talking about just points to that we used to be sort of the, the women who were ruling and revered and, um, you know, had conversation with Ginger a little while ago about how, you know, women were just, they were just cherished in society because they brought the food, (laughs) like something so simple and basic, right? But that's what everybody needs and how we have moved away from that into a patriarchal society. And I think one of the things that I wanted to talk about and bring up is how desire for women is so different than men. And I've Mm. like learned it through reading books like Untrue and um, other other just like research that I've dove into since I've gotten interested in these topics, being a woman in a long-term relationship. It's like, what is going to keep me inspired and fulfilled? And I know your relationship is new, Mm -hmm. um, but the one thing that I think is fascinating is that women have a much harder time than men staying monogamous in long-term relationships because of the way that we're turned on is different. And so it was just really interesting to see the science behind it and also the stats on women in long-term monogamous relationships get bored Mm -hmm. more quickly and easily, which is the complete opposite of what society tells us. It makes so much sense. And I see how it's been painted differently because I think what I've observed and experienced is that Women get bored, but because of society and how much shame there is on them, uh, perhaps they don't exercise actually cheating, but they get resentful and Mm -hmm. not happy. And then the man, you know, contextualizes like, oh, she's nagging me or she's like controlling me or she's boring. And then but and then the man goes and exercises that because for men, um, I was taking this Tantra class from one of our friends Mm -hmm. and she said something that was super fascinating. And she said. Uh, sex to men is like uh, marriages to women. So like men feel uh, about sex in the way that like women traditionally, like obviously I have different feelings about marriage, but. Um, right. But you're speaking marriage. to like the security factor that, and the like having that need fulfilled of being like chosen. That mm-hmm. and also that men create connection and stuff through actually speaking and talking. So when women engage in sex really soon, like for women, there's also the chemicals that come up and stuff like that mm-hmm. that get create attachment. Whereas for men, it's like actually, which is also another myth that people don't realize, they actually get connected through being able to feel safe and vulnerable and like sharing about themselves. Really? It's also very mm-hmm. interesting. Hmm. So. so there's a little bit too, like not 
having sex on the first date, like waiting to build a connection just to tie in something that society would tell you. Yeah. But no, it's- I think there's desire. Like you, yeah, I think building mystery and desire, Mm. which goes back to, uh, I forget what book this came from, but my partner and I were talking about, about how like keeping a relationship fresh, you want variety and also consistency. Mm -hmm. Consistency is rooted in love. And then variety is rooted in building eroticism and like the mystery. So I think maybe that goes back to like also building some mystery around it. It sounds like um, something from maybe Esther Perel. It is actually. Yes. It sounds like Esther. Um, Absolutely. Those are the two basic human needs, number one and two, that are like so foundational and we need both. So it's beautiful to have that security. And that's what I was thinking of when, you know, you were saying like how sex is to sex is to men, how marriage is to women. And it's like, um, it made me think of something else. I was just recently listening to another podcast. Um, I think it's called Awaken Love, um, Mm. by this woman, Angel. And she talks about how women and men actually are getting needs met when they first start to have sex. Mm -hmm. And a lot of that need is to be like accepted and chosen, Mm -hmm. right? Mm -hmm. And to have that security built, like you are my person, I'm going to choose you. Um, And sex constantly reinforces that. Eventually, when you feel completely secure and seen and chosen, that need is full. So sex then isn't fulfilling any need for you unless you create a new need for that sex to fulfill. So it's, an, I think, another reason why women get bored and how you need variety, but also what are the other needs? And like one of them is like enlightenment, right? Or like growth. Mm-hmm. And if your sex can inspire like altered states of consciousness, right? You spoke about tantra, like for sure. Or if it can inspire growth, which mm-hmm. I think having multiple partners does, yes. then it's such a home run for a long-term relationship because you're getting so much more out of it than just like the connection. And now I know I'm like chosen and I have a place in, in this tribe, right? Or this mm-hmm. community. Um, so it's really fascinating when you start to think about sex in that way. Mm-hmm. So speaking of differences between men and women in terms of Um, what is your experience you feel and how is it different for Pasha maybe in terms of like growth or healing that occurs personally as a result of the open arrangement? Mm, Yeah. I mean, we've both, we've both worked through like a lot of things, Um, sexual shame, jealousy. Mm. I think even different, um, different traumas, like different childhood traumas, like not even sexual things, but Um, the stuff that we all go through, I'm trying to think of something that I want to share, but, um, well, I know for us, when we first started dating and having sex, like we were both working through like some stuff and we used to really love to like go hard. (laughs) Like, Mm -hmm. and I think there was just a lot of like, maybe inner child stuff that just wanted Mm -hmm. to come out in a way of like a more dom sub relationship. And I think that in a really healthy way, we were able to go through a lot. Um, I also know that for Pasha sometimes to like really step back and give up control Mm. is, it has been very healing for him, Mm. you know? And so like having, 
such a safe place because it's not often like you're not just meeting people out or dating somebody. Well, maybe you are where you're going to completely surrender a guy like him. He's, you know, very powerful. He's very direct. He's very successful. And so I think in our relationship, we have like so much safety and boundaries created. um, And there's so much trust that he's been Mm -hmm. able to do that with me. And, you know, with um, another partner of ours that we love where it was like, okay, he allowed himself to get tied up, which was incredible. It was like (laughs) so hot. (laughs) It's really funny because. um, I'd like to have a chat with him about that. Yes, please do. To hear his experience as a man. Um, yes, I think he would love to talk about it actually. Mm-hmm. Maybe he'll come and talk about it on the podcast, but I have to out myself because this is, this is really bad. Okay. So I, we, we, um, met this girl, Amanda at a party that we recently went to who I can't wait to connect with. And she teaches, um, these classes on kink mm-hmm. and BDSM. Yes, and I'm like, I, I need her. to take your classes because I messed it up. Okay. So here my partner is trusting me and doing all the things and we've never taken a class. So we don't fully understand, I think is as much as we over communicate in that way of being like dominant and submissive. And, um, I wasn't asking all the right questions and it was going really well, but then, um, I had a paddle and I hit him too hard. <laughs> like, like on the inside of There's his no thigh. There's no such thing. No, I'm just kidding. I know. It was so bad. It wasn't even like on his butt. It was like on the inside of his thigh. And he was like, nope, done, done, untie me. <laughs> he was like, we're never doing this again. And we oh did eventually, but it wasn't that long ago. And thank you for retrusting me. But I, I think it's a really funny story, but actually it's important I think for people listening to when you want to enter into these more um, like scenes or like play around with kink, like to really know what the boundaries are. And obviously we have that trust and we can forgive one another. But in the moment, you're being so vulnerable, especially for him, because it's easier for me to be submissive. Um, but yeah, so, yeah, but it sounds like it's like creating a lot of balance because he's so masculine. And so Mm -hmm. it allows him to become a little more like stepping into his feminine. Yeah. And then for you, it allows you to take the the other role. Mm -hmm. Take charge. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Which is nice. Oh, I love that. Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) Hmm. In terms of let's stay on the sex topic. I love it. <laughs> but in Who terms doesn't? of that, um, how do you feel about the difference between men and women or your experience of how sex is perceived? Like mm-hmm. just, is there shame, excitement, guilt, mm-hmm. you know, how, how that gets wrapped into and is different for men and women yeah. as they're growing up? Well, I think um, cause we kind of started chatting like before we started rolling, but I just have to say you hit the nail on the head. Like when you ask a man about sexual shame, he's like, huh? Like, <laughs> what do you mean? Sex for them? I think in my opinion, in our society for a boy, for a man, sex is exciting. It's a conquest. It's something, and I'm generalizing. Okay, so please hear this because I know that a lot of men and boys have experienced um, sexual trauma and shame and it's not easy for all of them. But I think in our society, the majority would dictate that this is for you as a man. And there's still so much of an undercurrent and in many parts of our culture, an overcurrent of that a woman's 
sort of job is to fulfill a man's pleasure. But like a certain way, not too much. Right. This, like, yes. There's, I was in a discussion with a few women during that Tantra class I was sharing with you about. And like every extreme of shame was presented. Like one woman felt shameful because it was too much. And then one woman felt shameful because she wasn't doing it enough. So it's like, we don't even know like what the standard is really. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> Have you guys seen that video? Um, what's her name? Um, oh, she's one of the actresses from Sex in the City. Oh, um, uh, Samantha? No, it's um. Oh, this Cynthia is so Nixon. bad. No, it's not Harry? Cynthia Nixon. No, it's the one oh, who's Charlotte. the lawyer. No, oh, the lawyer. The the other one. Oh yes, uh, yeah, Cynthia Nixon. That's Cynthia oh, that's Cynthia Nixon. Nixon. That's her real name. Oh, yeah. I was thinking Miranda. Miranda. Yes, Miranda. So yeah. there's a video. Damn it, we're gonna link it in the show notes oh, because it's incredible. And it's like not like that. Don't do that. You're too pretty. You should smile. And it's like four minutes of just everything that society dictates a woman should be and that you can never get it right. You know, don't eat that. Oh, you should eat something like, um, I will share something though. I think because for men, and I'm not saying that it's like easier for them because it's, it's not, I think the challenges is because men gets, because sex gets viewed for men as this thing that should be for them celebrated and stuff that there is more isolation for them within their own gender. Like they don't have girlfriends to talk to about this. Mm. And within them, it's only a point of pride and like they're pressured to perform. And I think this goes back to what I think would really heal the world is if men were actually encouraged more to talk about their feelings and not repress stuff. And I think that actually causes just as much discord as like the patriarchal things that are imposed on us as well. And I don't want to leave that off the table. Yeah. That's actually so, so beautiful the way that you shared it and gives me such an insight too, as someone who like wants to do this work and speak about it more. So I feel like there's a lot to learn there. And it's so true. I mean, I can't imagine for a moment and, and maybe Pasha, because, you know, he's, he's my closest, you know, man in my life and he is vulnerable Mm -hmm. in those ways. But to think and I don't even think he would to think of any other guy that I know going to a guy friend and talking about like an intimate problem. It's just, it's kind of, it's not even something I could oh, fathom. I, there's multiple, uh, past partners where like, uh, I would, I would be like, Hey, I just found out from so-and-so's wife that this like big life thing happened. And I was like, you just went golfing with the husband they're like, oh yeah, we didn't talk about that. I'm like, this seems like the one thing you should talk about. Like, right. You know? And I think like our society does that. And there was actually an article that was either in the New York or Atlantic that talked about that in the pandemic, because there no longer have been sporting events and like a lot of drinking events for men to go to, that there's a ton of men that have found mm-hmm. out that they want more intimate, closer relationships. And I was connected to this entrepreneur a couple a few months ago who started um, something called Tether. And it's actually an online support community for men meant to be able to connect. Mm. So Very I hope cool. our society moved towards both genders mm-hmm. being more vulnerable and honoring each other and all that mm-hmm. stuff. We definitely need more of it. And you're right. I think as women, we have been the ones who have like gone through more, you know, shame. And we're also painted with, I think in these types of relationships. And I say painted with like, because it's what society 
would dictate we should maybe be more jealous of our man who's going out rather than, you know, the other way around, there is room for us to open up and say, well, what are men going through? Because we cannot actually only grow and evolve like as a sex, as much as they do alongside us. So Mm, it's really important. Yeah. To spur, to spur both. Mm. Mm. Oh, ladies, we have a little bit more time. Should we dive into something juicy? At the beginning of the, of your relationship and now like how, how, how you guys grew mm-hmm. um, in your communica- communication skills. Yeah. Um, I want to know a little more about that. Yeah, for sure. Well, in the beginning, you know, there's a ton of over-communicating, kind of like we were talking about earlier. Um, we talked about everything before we did it. We were that couple who um, we're like very much ask and tell everything. We're not a don't ask, don't tell um, even to this day, there's not a single experience that either of us had that the other hasn't at least like known about. And in the beginning, everything was sort of planned and every, we did everything together. So it was like, we're going to go to this, we're going to go have dinner and we're going to go to this bar and like, maybe we'll meet these people. And, you know, and then as we started to open up, um, everything was chatted about before. Like if he was going on a trip, it was like, okay, I'm going on this trip and something might happen and vice versa. Like if I was, home. Everything was pre-planned and talked about. And as we've grown, we've needed a lot less of that. And we've gotten to like such a place of comfortability and an understanding. Um, but we'll still like throw the text, like, Oh, I I met this really cool girl out and I'm going to go to this like other party with her. And he's like, okay, great. Um, and it's definitely, and I think this is similar to any couple, whether you're open or monogamous, but you get to really learn your partner's styles and moods and phases. So now there's these, yeah, there are these like unspoken, like I can just tell if like he wants to share something or, um, you know, we can even tell when we're a little bit off and like, we need a check-in without even really talking. So There's, yeah, there's so many times where our lives move so quickly. So maybe he has an experience and then I'm like away, like I'm on a retreat or something and I come home and there's a lot of things going on to unpack and we're just kind of silently like waiting, you know, and it might be two days, but we're just like making eye contact and then they'll be like, finally, like we have a moment and like we find ourselves in the bedroom together. We're like, we're going to talk about this thing now. And it's the cool thing is it's still exciting for us all these years in to unpack these experiences. And sometimes we don't, it's like, Oh, cool. You did that thing. Awesome. Um, but the one thing that hasn't changed, I think is sometimes we really use it as our own like personal inspiration. You know, it's like this eroticism we get to share like our own stories. Um, but the communication it's evolved in both ways. In some ways there's always over communicating, but in a lot of ways it's become less and it's become more unspoken and more intuitive. Mm-hmm. Um, we don't plan as much, you know, we're also like in a way different phase. We're not young. It's not brand new to be open. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So for us, openness is kind of, you know, like we've been doing it for a while. It's not, we're not out there all the time. I mean, I was joking the other day to friends, like I'm the most boring or open person I know. Um, so But I actually, one last question, if I may, because you're hitting on something that I've been trying to figure out within myself 
Um, for me, almost the mystery uh, is and the excitement for me is like the conversation and then knowing that person is interested and mm. then almost like past that. I'm very selective about who I get physical with. Mm-hmm. But for me, the excitement is in that. And I perceive for my partner, the excitement is in actually doing the thing like physically, mm. uh, like having a physical experience. Do you find that there's a difference of, do you find it more erotic, the flirting and the exploring with other partners? Or is it the actual fooling around mm. and having sex and being physical? And is that different for Pasha? A great, great question. question. Um I think we're both actually pretty physical, but interestingly enough, we're kind of the opposite. I, I am more physical. I'm Mm. like, I don't need a pen pal. My life is really full. And unless you are going to, (laughs) unless you're going to come with a lot of, come correct (laughs) with an amazing experience for me, um, because you said it earlier, like it's actually made you a lot more selective. And, and me as well, I've dated way less than, you know, what I would have maybe in my single days because I can. So it's like, it takes this like, oh, any experience I can have, I want to go do it off the table. Um, so yes, I am a bit more physical. Pasha loves the buildup. He loves the text banter and the courting. And although he doesn't have as much time on his hands either. So of course it's like, we don't want to just have a pen pal, but you know, it's, it's great to know that we have these different styles and to hear from you that you have different styles too, because I've never really thought too much into it. Um, and to make sure that, whatever your partner's desires are in an open relationship, they don't have to be the same as yours. And styles are so different to make room for all of it. Um, And also caveat, I mean, we are Mm. still early, like I said, and also we have very different paths paths in terms of relationship. Mm. So I don't know if it's going to evolve or if it'll stay this way or if maybe we'll even swap in terms of styles. So TBD for me. We'll check in in a year. Yeah. (laughs) So... So I have a question for both of you, actually. I've been single for quite a while now. And um, you hit on something when you said that you're you're not really like you're very selective with who you sleep with because of because of your partner, because you know that you have the option. Um, But I'm also really selective with who I I sleep Mm -hmm. with. And so I'm wondering if that is because of because we're getting older <laughs> and potentially it's like, and it's like not as you know we 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 we've had experience um yeah so i'm i'm wondering if that could be it too. i don't know if it's older it could be that we've i mean at least i can speak for myself i had a pretty crazy 20s like mm-hmm. okay yeah, me too Same. so i don't know if it's that but i think for me too um is that the more the more i grow within myself the more the more i find my authentic self mm-hmm. and the more i love myself um i think that has probably something to do with it not that there's like there's literally nothing wrong with you know, not being selective either. Again, I think people should have the freedom to Mm -hmm. do whatever it is that they want to do. I also have found though too recently that I'm much more introverted than I thought. So Mm. for me, giving away energy has a whole different meaning to it. And I don't know if it's because a woman and you literally, if you're with a man, like you're taking stuff in. Mm -hmm. Yeah. (laughs) Or if it's it's more just me, who I am, like I'm the more I get to know myself, the more protective I am of my energy and more selective mm-hmm. with that. Yeah. So I don't know. Yeah. 
That plays a big part in it for me too. Um, especially being an energy worker and, you know, as somebody who like, um, you know, facilitates events and holds space for people, um, that definitely factors into it. So I'm glad you asked because it's not just about, you know, oh, I have this primary partner. So, you know, I'm comparing everyone to him. It's, it's not really about that. It's, it's being a bit more wise about how I spend my energy and what I am absorbing from other people. Um, and there's certainly, you know, ways to cleanse. (laughs) And there's also experiences that you can't foresee people turning, you know, Mm. you could think that you found this great other partner and then they end up being crazy. (laughs) Um, so it's like, you know, at the end of the day, it really is a crapshoot. We can think that we're making great choices and of course, you know, always strive to, but you can't ever predict the future. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. That's true. And where do you meet people? Ooh, well, we have, um, there's like lots of really cool apps. So there's, um, there's an app called fields. That's where I've met people before. Mm -hmm. There's also like, um, similar to Facebook. There are these social networks for people in the lifestyle. Yeah. Yeah. Interesting. We're going to have you download it tonight. (laughs) Post those, uh, tools on the website. Yeah, I will for sure. In the show notes, as soon as we wrap this, we're going to have you download fields. (laughs) I can't believe you don't have it. That could be another BTS, like helping Julie create her field profile. (laughs) Yeah, for sure. Oh, well, this has been absolutely lovely. Thank you. Thank you. Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) This is so fun. I mean, I feel like I'm chatting with my girlfriends, which is how this should be. Literally. Yeah. Thank you, ladies. Thank and yeah, we'll see you guys next time. Thanks so much. <laughs> That's a wrap, you guys. And it was so much fun. Please don't forget to leave us a review on Apple. Tell us what you loved about the show and make sure you're following Open Late, the podcast on Instagram. Okay, round two. Name something that's not boring. A laundry? Ooh, a book club. Computer solitaire, huh? Ah, oh, sorry. We were looking for Chumba Casino. That's right. Chumbacasino.com has over 100 casino-style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. Chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. Forward, by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details.